This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com The pensioners are back but with no walking sticks in sight. They're carefree wherever they may be. They're the famous CFC. Blue is their colour and football is their game. If you come to Stamper Bridge, you'll remember their name. It's the Chelsea Fancast on Love Sport. Is Love Sport Radio the home of the London football franchise? Will come in to uh, this evening's Willkommen. Program. Willkommen. Bienvenue <laughs> to, to this evening's I'll bet program. I Clayton can sing the song. Go on then, Clayton. Willkommen. I, I can't do it. It's from, it's from Cabaret, isn't it? It is. It is. I can't it remember is. it. If Jonathan was here, I he know, would be doing it as I we know, speak. I know, we, we wouldn't have a show, we'd just have a we'd full just have Jonathan recital doing cabaret, cabaret exactly. for two hours. He'd just probably be going, ha ha ha. We should say, Jonathan, I'm sure you're listening. Love you. Get better soon, mate. Yeah, love so, you. Absolutely. He's not a well yeah. boy. Failed a late love you. test. It's not like Jonathan to, to not be here for a gig, so that's he must be unwell. So oh, no. sending, sending vibes and positivity to you, Jonathan. Love you. 
Do you love him too? I love him too. Tell of him then. I do. I do. Jonathan, I love you. Tell him, Clayton. I love you, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is the Chelsea fan. Not another one. Not another <laughs> one. Clayton been sick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the Chelsea fan cast on Love Sport Radio. And what's been a, an up and down week for yeah, the Blues. We, what's coming up this evening? Obviously, we're looking back at the big win over Spurs. We're looking back, oh, though, oh, oh. at the, uh, the Carabao Cup final, which... Uh, well, I mean, it was just kind of boring, really. It was, it was one, weird, one of them it? ones, you know. One weird of them ones just, just went over, Nothing really. happened, no incidents. No, nothing yeah. at all. Right. Looking back at the Carabao Cup final, going to have your definitive preview to the game between Fulham and Chelsea. Fulham versus Chelsea, obviously. Yeah. Fulham. Of course, Fulham, uh, with, the, with the double connection now to, uh, to, to the Blues, having dispatched with the services of former uh, Chelsea manager Claudio Ranieri and brought in... Uh, the former Chelsea midfielder Scott Parker mm. is interim manager. Uh, we've got the quiz as well. What's the quiz? The quiz. Well, um, as all Chelsea supporters will and should know, yep. Um, today marks the thirteenth, uh, is it? Because my math isn't very good, but basically Peter Osgood yeah, uh, sadly passed away on this day in two thousand and six. Uh, so uh, we'll hopefully in a minute we'll remember him properly. But um, the quiz actually features Peter Osgood because Corn is the king. Yes, indeed. So the quiz question today, Aaron, is how many goals did Peter Osgood score against Fulham? Ooh. So it has to be a goals. question. How many goals did Peter Osgood score against Fulham? And they need to tweet us at Chelsea Fancast or at Love Sport Radio and tell us the answer. Or alternatively, give us a ring on 0208 70 20 558. Five, five. Hey, you have it there. Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking to Ollie Harbord from Football Dot London as well, gents. Let's get your first thoughts though. Uh, your starters for starters for ten. On um, should we talk about Peter Osgood. We can talk. Do you want to talk about Peter Osgood? Yeah, let's do let's that. Talk, let's do that. Let's talk about Osgood. I mean, I, I'm sure every. I mean, you know, people forget actually. It's quite interesting, isn't it? Because you know, we all get very kind of wedded into the whole social media thing, which is very instant. You know, people's memories are about the, you know, the same as a goldfish's. And, and it's what's the Premier League kind of imbue this idea that football actually started in 1992. But uh, Peter Osgood, for all of the time that I've been going to the, to watch Chelsea, has always been known as the greatest player that played for Chelsea. I mean, I know it might be a bit different now because we had Lamps and Terry, but he was always the king. But one of the reasons why people love Peter Osgood so much is not just because he was a fantastic player. He, he you know, loads of skill and guile, but he could he could mix it too. But he, but after he retired, you know, he loved the fans. He was one of us. I mean, he was he was one of the nicest people you would care to meet. I was very lucky that I interviewed him for a program I made for Sky. One of the uh, well, I mean, it was about four months before he died, six months before he died. And it was just wonderful. Sat there for two hours talking to one of my heroes. And he was so lovely. He, he, he disappeared after the interview. And he came back in, rushing in. And I was sitting there telling the camera, my God, I've just did three peak. I was good. And I think I'm going to die happy. Now, he came in with a great grin, clutching a, a Franco Zola shirt and a, a big uh, photograph, framed photograph of him scoring the, uh, the goal against Leeds in the cup final. And he was, he was like a school kid. He said, look, I've been at this Legends thing today. And look what Franco, Franco Zola gave me a signed shirt, the King of Stamford Bridge. I said, Aussie, no way, mate. You're the King of Stamford Bridge. You always will be. So it's a sad day for Chelsea fans because he was so loved, wasn't he, Clayton? Yeah, it was. Um, adopting the Jonathan Kidd old person, have been watching <laughs> them since the 1900s uh, position. I did actually see Aussie play. So, um, I never did for Chelsea. Yeah, um, I saw Aussie play. And he was a mercurial player. He was he was very very good, um, but he was also in some respects infuriating because he was 
a striker. And my dad came up with the immortal phrase that I don't know what he does. He, all, all he ever does is score. You know, it's the only thing he ever does. And I think he did a little bit more than he that. Did um, yeah. I didn't, I'm not that old to have seen him when he first broke into the team and he was a, an attacking midfielder who was absolutely um, fantastic. Um, in the mould of a, a Ruben Loftus-Cheek, but um, sort of striding forward, big guy. Uh, he very had, similar gait to Ruben yeah, Loftus-Cheek. He, he basically mm-hmm. had his leg very, very mm-hmm. badly broken by Emlyn Hughes, mm-hmm. who at the time played for Blackpool. Um, and when he came back, people who saw him then said he was never the same again. Um, he... Scored lots of goals. Um, I loved watching him play. I mean, one of the favourite goals that I can remember seeing live was the goal that he scored against Arsenal in the FA Cup, which I think was in 1972, two-all draw. Uh, I was in the shed that day, and you started at the back, and when he scored, you ended up at the front. Wonderful, wonderful player. Um, When he left, I almost supported Southampton because I was that heartbroken and just loved the guy. Um... And then he came back, which was wonderful. We was were... his debut in that, that match against Middlesbrough where we lost 7-2? Yes, it was, yeah, it and he scored it? the first he did, goal. Didn't he? Yeah. Uh, we I thought... wasn't there, but yeah. I think um, it was in... I think it's one of the games that Neil Smith, in Neil Smith's yeah, great it book, is, it? yeah. it's in there. Um, yeah, and, and as you say, what, once he finished playing, he was around the club a lot, and it's fair to say he was around the pubs a fair bit, around the ground before the game. He used to own one... Um... In Windsor, yeah, yeah, with Ian Hutchinson, yeah, uh, who well, he was a Windsor boy. Sadly, yeah, yeah. died. That's correct. Yeah, um, and it's just a great, great shame he died too young. But I, th- I think he he lived his life uh, fully younger than you are now. Yeah, yeah. Um, as are most people. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, love him. A great, great loss. I mean, yeah. w- when you think of Chelsea. Back in those days, you always think of Aussie wheeling away with that one hand in the air. Just, uh, just, uh, uh, just. uh, Can I go on just two minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, when we won the Cup Winners' Cup in 1971, we basically had um, we lost in a first leg of a game against Bruges. We lost two nil, and the return leg was on a, a Wednesday night, obviously a school night. So I wasn't allowed to go, and I was not a happy bunny. And one of the reasons I wanted to go was because Peter Osgood had just finished serving a six, I think it was either six or seven match ban, and he came back in that game. That was his his game back. Um, we managed to overturn the deficit. We won four nil on the night. Aussie scoring two goals. We won four nil after extra time, and. I think you just alluded to when he came back. He had a huge afro and enormous mutton chops. <laughs> he, he was he was hairy, but he was a great player. Yeah. He was a great great player. Scored in the final of the FA Cup, which we won. He scored in the final of the yes, the last yeah. person to yeah. do so, uh, and he scored in the final of the Cup Winners Cup. Um, yeah, just a real Long legend. King. Of course. Um, as well, I, I remember reading some of that. His ashes are buried underneath are. the penalty, penalty spot. spot. Pen- that's incredible. Yeah. yeah, that's absolutely incredible. And of course, his statue was 2010. Yeah. Uh, his, his statue was built outside the bridge. Yeah, the uh, the, the man's legacy will uh, will live on. We're going to carry on talking about Peter. Os- Do you know what? If if you've got any Peter Osgood memories, yeah, drop up. them into us. Call in, tweet in. 
0208 70 25 at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. We're going to talk to Ollie Harbour next. This is Love Sport. This is Love Sport with your Chelsea fan cast. Let's uh, head over to Lions and talk to Ollie Harbour from London. How are you, Ollie? Sorry, good, mate. How are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad, pal. Good to have you on with us. Of course, uh, there was a, uh, a presser today. We've got to uh, we've got to ask you the stand question. What was Sari's vibe? <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Obviously, everyone was a little bit more upbeat after what happened on Wednesday night. Um, you know, even through the whole period, everything, when he's been tough, he's always come out with a bit of a smile on his face. He's always willing to crack a joke, uh, crack a joke or two. And he, and he continued that today, really. He was, uh, he was just in a, in a pretty decent mood, but obviously focused on Sunday and, and talking about Ranieri a bit as well, because he doesn't know him. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was, he was in a pretty decent mood, though. So, um, I didn't see the presser for a change, Ollie, because I've, I've been busy today, but... Uh... Obviously, you're playing Fulham on uh, Sunday, so I'd imagine you would have asked him what uh, he felt about Ranieri getting the sack. Yeah, that was the first thing that came up, and uh, obviously he, he said how sad he was about seeing Ranieri go. He said he obviously talked about how difficult the job was for him to walk into, uh, but he said that he feels like he will walk into another job uh, very, very soon. And he's obviously a very capable manager, he's a Premier League winning manager. Um, wrote one of the probably the biggest stories in Premier League history uh, with Leicester and, and, and he's sure that he'll get a job somewhere else but you know he did make it pretty clear about how tough uh, taking on that Fulham job was and, and the fact he was sad to see that it just didn't quite work out for him hmm. Hi Ollie, it's Clayton I hope you're well um, Good thing. I obviously am incredibly interested in the whole Kepa situation as everybody is um, what was uh, uh, using the vibe word? What What was your general impression? Because obviously he's teasing us to whether Kepa's going to come back and uh, whether Caballero will continue. I mean, Caballero did uh, a, a fine job on Wednesday night. Um, he didn't actually have anything to save, but he looked okay. Um, I'm never really very comfortable when when Willie's playing, which is probably very unfair on him. But um, was what 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 general impression did you get? Oh, I, I get the impression that he will be back in goal, Kepper, at the weekend. Um, you know, I think he's made his point now. Mm. The club find him. Um, he dropped him from the one game, which was something of a risk. Obviously, such a big game against Spurs, but something probably quite brave. But I think actually it was the right decision. I think he, he you know, he, he made his stance and he, and he said before that game against Spurs that he wanted to make a statement, and he did that. Obviously, he got quite lucky. The fact that Spurs didn't have a single shot on target <laughs> that really helped. Um, but you know, I think I think it's done now. I think he's, he's said that he's said that um, the case is closed to him. He believes that uh, Kepper is still his number one, and I think he'll probably go and show that. And I know all this teasing about, oh uh, well, I've still got a few days to decide who's going to be number one. I I think he'll go back to Kepper. I, I don't think he risks. Um, you know, putting Cavalera in goal against Fulham, and if he makes a mistake, then the spotlight's on, and all it does is just drag it further on and on, and the questions keep coming up. If Kepa's back in goal, then you probably think that's an end to it now uh, when it comes to the media and also Sarri. I think he made a bit of a gamble, really, Ollie, but, you know, the luck was with him and it paid off the other night, but uh, there you go. Listen, the other thing, I think, you know, obviously looking back at the last couple of matches, it seems to many of us that... Uh, He's not stuck rigidly to what he likes to call his football, uh, which others call Sarri ball. There seems to have been a little bit of flexibility, and the team certainly seemed to be defending deeper. Did you did you talk about that with him? Ask him about that today. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was quite um, quite interesting to see how it panned out on Wednesday night because, you know, he did start in his maybe his style, but it was quite quite weird to see the fact that he, you know, the players were quite obviously didn't want to play his style of football for the full ninety minutes. They just played about 130 minutes when it came to the Carabao Cup final. They were obviously tired. Um, they just couldn't keep it up anymore, that sort of pace. So, yeah, he did talk about that. He, he sort of said what he said before, really. He said, you know, it depends on the game. It depends on who they're playing. depends on the opponents. You know, I think he's very keen, obviously, to have his own style implemented on the, on the side as much as possible. But I think he appreciates at times you just have to adapt. And he did that against City. Um, he went back to the way that they won at Stamford Bridge. And he did that against Spurs as well, especially in the second half. And, and sort of let them come onto them a bit more and look to counter and break, and, and it definitely worked. It's a bit of a sea change, though, Ollie, because, I mean, he, he's been so adamant this season that, you know, he's not going to change. A lot of the supporters have had enough of him because he was being so stubborn. So I'm, I'm quite... I mean, clearly he has, and I applaud that because, obviously, that's what needed to happen. Are you surprised? I'm a little bit surprised, although... I mean, I'm kind of. I don't think we should be surprised. I think this is something that should have happened quite a yeah. while ago. I think it's something that he should have known, really. Um, I mean, we've all talked about it for quite a while yeah. about a slight formation change and, and doing this and that, and, and the fact he has been so stubborn. And I think everyone knows, everyone that had been to the games regularly as well or watched it on TV would have known that with this group of players, it just wasn't working. So you have to adapt. You can't just be stubborn enough. You know, if he gets us. If he, if the transfer ban is delayed for a summer and he does get some of the players that he wants this summer and he can play his style of, for next season, then, then all for it. But at the moment, you know, you have to adapt with what you have. Um, and so for me, it has, it's a surprise that it's taken this long. But I think it's, you know, I think when it comes to Fulham on Sunday, we'll see him back to his, his style of football because obviously you'd expect him to dominate the ball uh, and look to be a bit more creative than they have been when they have had the ball the majority of the games. So I I see that um, <clears throat> Sarri talks about making four, three or four changes um, to the formation, which is, I think, uh, I think a necessity because obviously we had the Carabao Cup final, which was a tough old gig, and then again the Spurs game, um, they ran hard, they pressed hard. Any hints on on who may be changed? Well, he didn't give many hints away of, of the players. I mean, I think if you look over the, the course of his time at Chelsea, the usual suspects of who will come in and out is, was probably there. I mean, I would expect David Louise maybe to come out because he played the full two games and, you know, at his age as well at the moment that he's not... And also his knee, which has also flared up at times during the season. He, um, you know, he probably wouldn't be able to play in the game, so I would expect maybe Christensen to come back in. Um, you know, obviously you're looking at Kovacic and the Barkley swap is one that will likely happen. Um, and Gonzo Emerson's situation, um, whether he might change him back and get Emerson back in the squad. You know, I thought Emerson had a pretty decent game against City and was unlucky to not be in the squad. And But although I did think that Alonso had a decent game against Spurs, it was back to him being, you know, back to the levels that we'd like to see him be. So he didn't give him any hints away about whose actual changes will be, but I think it's it's the usual. And then, obviously, as I said before, I think Kepa will come back in for Caballero. Okay. Ollie, uh, no, Clint, did you have one more? No, I, I just what about Cahill, yeah, yeah. Did, was was there mention of Gary Cahill today? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What happened? Uh, did he did he find him in a cupboard or something? Or did he just <laughs> it was a question. From bump Simon, into him. Or... Simon Johnson. <laughs> he was quite aggressive with the match because I did actually go back and hear that Simon was going yeah, for it, wasn't um, he? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, everyone just wants to know what the situation yeah. is. It's just a very, very strange situation. You've got a club captain there who's won everything with the club. He's been there for what, seven years, is it now? And 
and suddenly just com- he's not played since November in the first team. Um, and it's a very odd situation. He didn't leave in January due to some sort of uh, you know wages dispute between certain clubs. Um, and yeah, he was asked about that, and he sort of he went along the line of you know he's still a very important player. And Simon asked the question, will he actually play for Chelsea again? And he sort of said, I don't know, but I think we all know that unless there's a major injury crisis, I don't think we're going to see Gary Cahill in a Chelsea shirt, uh, especially with his contract running out in the summer. And Chelsea probably looking to offload him. Stick him up front. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you never know. Could become one of those like defenders turned strikers, like yeah. a Dion Dublin or who else? Scored a great goal against Spurs back in the day. The Gary Doherty, do you remember him? Yeah. Yeah, the dot. Yeah. Anyway, Ollie, uh, thank you very much, pal, for joining Cheers, us. Ollie. Uh, Cheers, you Ollie. enjoy your Cheers, Friday night, Ollie Arbor there from football.london with us here on Love Sport Radio tonight. Though uh, we are looking ahead to uh, both uh, the game on Sunday between Fulham and Chelsea and uh, Leeds, to t- who are taking on West Bromwich. And, and I Leeds. tell you what, Clayton, one of your favourite players is playing. Yes, indeed. Who's that? Ali Oski. Ali Oski. Ali Oski. Ali Oski. We'll be keeping you up to date with everything that goes on in the Championship. The West Brom love playing on a Friday night uh, and uh, you know what we, we, we love Friday nights as well Freedy need Love Sport Radio the station giving fans a voice this is Love Sport Radio with your Chelsea fan show for your Friday night uh, across the capital don't forget we won your Aussie memories 0208 70 20 555 Peter Osgood not Austra- Australia memories not Australia uh, let's go to the lines Yannick is with us how are you pal I'm really well, mate. How you doing? Yeah, not bad, not bad. What do you want to talk about? Well, who have you got in the studio? Have you got Chidge and the gang? We've got Chidge and we've got Clayton cool. Beerman. Oh, who who else would you rather have on a Friday night, Yannick? I mean, what a question. Well, I'm, I'm pleased to, to speak to all of you chaps. Yeah, basically, I don't know, just a reflection um, upon the two recent performances. I went to Wembley. Uh, I was very pleased with... Um, how the approach and the, the heart and the sort of element of proper Chelsea maybe coming back through a little bit, dare I say, uh, very much so in the Spurs game. As obviously, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Stamford Chidge and often listen to his content. And I, um, I know his, uh, his preference to pragmatism when it comes to Chelsea and our success. And he was being very fair when, when uh, debating Sarri. Are you pleased to see what looks like a very pragmatic turn for Sarri in approach to these bigger, bigger sort of fixtures? Well, yeah, because he's, you know, he's not stuck rigidly to his ridiculous 4-3-3 Sarri ball thing that's absolutely wound mm. a lot of the fans up to distraction. I mean, you know, it's early days, Yannick. You know, let, let's let's wait a little longer, but. I, I'm curious. I was going to ask uh, Ollie when he was on the phone. Actually, I wonder why, you know, if he had any ideas as to why Sarri decided to change. I wonder if it was the pressure of, you know, because basically he lost the fans completely. I mean, the Man United game. I mean, that's the first manager in my memory since Roman took over. Certainly, that's got treated mm. like that. Apart from Benitez, that doesn't count because he got it from day yeah, one. I was going to say, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. You know, he'd lost the fans. He lost the away fans four or five games ago. I wonder mm. if he's changed because of that pressure or or maybe the club have had a word in his ear and say, mate, carry this on, you're going to get your P45. But yeah. nevertheless, clearly he, he, he changed. And from what I hear, Yannick, um, mm. and this is interesting because I was talking to Clayton before we went on air today, but this has parallels with what he did at Napoli because he changed. I think he's, when he started at Napoli, he played uh, 
or four yeah. two or something like that. I don't, I can't remember what mm-hmm. he played. The bottom line yeah, is, four, two, three, he, one, yeah, yeah, he changed from that system to four three three because the players didn't want to play it anymore, and they actually sat down with him and said, "Look, we don't want to play this. We want to play four three three. So we know mm-hmm. he can change. And I, and apparently the pl- the Chelsea players said, "Look, we don't want to be defending high up the." pitch to Man United because they're going to to Man City sorry because they're going to tear us apart again so maybe maybe like all good managers he is open to suggestion and to changing I think so I applaud it and I'm very pleased to see it yeah and I well as I mentioned most Chelsea fans the the way I'm sort of thinking about sorry I I maybe quite naively and you know less experience of Chelsea managers than yourself over a sort of long period. I, I did get quite excited over his initial, you know, his, his making the right noises that I want to hear from a football coach in terms of nurturing the inner child and talking about play and how football should be played and fun. You know, Hazard was was gushing over it and everyone sounded really happy. And I remember, I think you yourself were talking about how he lifted the spirits early doors in the season, how everyone was loving him. And I do genuinely feel there's a benefit to Sari in the sense of, he, he might be stubborn, he might be a bit uh, stern, but he certainly hasn't got the ego of a Conte or a Jose. And I think that actually might bode well for Chelsea, or certainly for him. I want to say long-term, but nothing's long-term at Chelsea. I feel like he is open to the conversation, and it, he doesn't think he's a, this is the best job he will ever have, regardless. Conte and Jose might not have thought that, um, he'll, there's no there's no way of escaping or sorry thinking this the top for him, and with that, you know clearly being a good coach for a multitude of reasons, I think that might have actually he comes lucid to that and he can use that and stubbornness can go to his side because the fact of the matter is now he's shown that it's in the locker regardless. It's not like sorry ball or nothing. He's demonstrated that it is there, and um, and when the, when we have the opportunity, you can try his football again and entertain the fans because he talked about entertainment and fun, didn't he? So hopefully that can come back. I don't want to be overly optimistic because we've got we've got Old Trafford and uh, Anfield, and but if, if, you know if he approaches those games the same as he did against City and Spurs, that's the first time Spurs haven't registered a shot on target in six years. Um, they've been very very good. So he shows the, the defense is there, and I know. Huddersfield was a poor opponent, but they were the latest sort of demonstration of attacking ability. If he does do the hybrid, uh, I mean, are, are you? I know you're probably wary, Stuchich, but do you do you feel a bit? It's better a very long question, like... Yannick. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Kate. Okay, well, I, Kate, I, how do you I, how do you feel? How do you feel about? It? I'm interested to get your thoughts. Um... I'm afraid that I'm not quite as optimistic about him as your good self. I I think the last thing in the world is I want another change in manager, but I just can't. Mm. I I need to see a bit more from him. So mm. we're I I think the likelihood is that he will see out the season because I think if he was going to go, it was going to be in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, so I, I think that he's there for the duration. Now yeah. he's got a cup to go for, which I think we've got a decent chance of, of getting to semis, the final, um, mm-hmm. and top four. And top four is is what it's all about. I think top four is going to be tough, but I think it's doable. Uh, apart from the two games you mentioned, I think all the other games are winnable. Yeah, I just want to see him... I don't know. Yes, he has changed in the last couple of games. Um, the players... He's listening to do something which is absolutely great. Mm. Um, I'm still not convinced I think that he could have done a couple of things on Wednesday night which I would have liked to have seen him do but he he, <clears throat> he didn't do it 
Mm-hmm. Um, his substitutions are still a little bit um, cautious, and I think well, I, I, I think let's judge him at the end of the season. I'm I'm really not convinced by him, um, and I wouldn't. I, I'd like to see where we are at the end of the season and how yeah. we're playing at the end of the season. I mean, that's, that's a very fair go on. No, 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 no. Very quickly, because we've got to go to a, a break, Yannick. But yeah, yeah no do, do you want to just finish off, pal? Just, just quickly. Um, through, from Chidge and Clayton, do you, would you like to have it work out with Sari, or would you like to see him get top four and then perhaps try someone else? Mate, you know, I've said it, said it for weeks and weeks and weeks. All I really care about is how Chelsea do. Um, you know, I don't really care who manages them anymore, providing we do well, we win stuff, and, and, and it's, it's, you know, it's a good atmosphere and all the rest of it. So, you know, if he succeeds, I'm going to be delighted. You know, as simple as that. Brilliant stuff, Yannick. Thank you so much Thanks, for uh, for joining us this evening. Oh two oh eight seventy twenty five five eight. Obviously, if you want to uh, get involved and and, and talk about uh, the uh, the great Peter Osgood with us, as well as your thoughts on Sarri and uh, this weekend's game, as well as uh, the uh, but the football over the past week as well. It's quite a big Chelsea fan cast we got in store for you tonight. Do stick with us. This is Love Sport. This is Love Sport. Yeah, this is Love Sport Radio with the uh, the Chelsea fan cast uh, on your Friday night. Um, Chidge, where do you want to go? Should we look back at the game against Spurs, obviously? I need to laugh, Aaron. We need to go and relive the comedy goal of the season, I feel. I mean, ju- the best thing is, have you seen it with the trip, the, the, yes. the World Cup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's hilarious. hilarious. Very good. Very, very so funny. Spursy. They're funny. So, they're funny. Sp- so Spursy, wasn't it? Doesn't it have to be char? But it was just char. hilarious. Char. But they, they, they weren't really at the races at all, were they, in the game? I mean, I don't really think they were. I never I, felt I, I never felt worried watching it. I, I'll be honest. I am, I'm in a state of perpetual terror whenever yeah, I know, we play I Spurs know, because I, I hate losing them. <laughs> I think the first 20 minutes we bossed and then we let them back in the game, second 20 minutes. I think the second half there was... Yeah. Only after we scored... And we sat back for 10, 15 minutes, inviting them on, which I just thought was a mistake. But they weren't very good. Um, it was quite interesting listening to, or I've listened to radio the last couple of days, listening to Spurs fans who are moaning like Billy Oak. And I think, I can't remember the last time, I think it was just before we played them in the semi-final of the League Cup. I came out with a statistic because we were all absolutely delighted that Kane wasn't playing. And their win percentage without Kane is higher than the win percentage with Kane. Really? And a lot of Spurs fans have been saying this week that he was he's again been rushed back too quickly from injury. I mean, he did look slightly ponderous. Um, and I think the telling thing was, I mean, he was getting into lots of... I mean, whether we were winding him up or not, I don't know. But off the pace. And Son had great difficulty standing up because he seemed to fall over every time anyone went anywhere near him. They they were a disappointment, but we were we played well. We played well yeah, insofar we played well. as we harried. We we actually did we pressed. Defending we really did press yeah. and you have to think that Sarri learnt from the drubbing we got at Wembley because he hasn't gone back to play that in the two sort of games or the three games. Well the the difference for me, Clayton, is not just I you know, we we talked about the clear systemic changes he's yeah. made they're not you know they're defending a lot deeper which yeah. I think helps them because they don't leave those wide open spaces where they get torn apart but actually I think there was another change that's kind of gone 
unnoticed a bit really and that their commitment was much higher they were you know there was loads of kind of last ditch tackles in the penalty box where they were taking the risk they were f- flying in front of the ball you know they they were 150 Pe- pedro's tackle Te- pedro's tackle was just unbelievable and then he got up and ran with it halfway down the pitch but their commitment was just massive i thought both in the city yeah. game and yeah. and spurs well, one of the things in the spurs game which i thought was was really noticeable and Everybody, you know, the the biggest bugbear, and it should be a sackable offence in itself, is not playing Kante in his proper position. But what's actually happened in the last couple of games is Kante, as we always called him, the Kante twins, he's now basically playing two positions. He's now, I think he's now the Kante quadruple. I think he is, yeah. because now he is playing on the right wing, but he's also playing next to Jorginho. And the space between Jorginho, Kante and um, Kovacic on Wednesday was very, very small. And they basically... They harried, and I mean, I'm really, really, really annoyed with our fans again for booing one of our players, and he doesn't deserve to be booed. Jorginho plays in a certain way, he's told to play in a certain way, and you know, just getting on his case is really not going to help anybody. Most tackles and most interceptions on Wednesday night, Jorginho. I mean, the guy is trying, and he may not always be our best player. But just get off his back. I mean, it's not going to help him. But anyway, just going back to the Kante thing, Kante is now playing in two roles. I think he's either taking it upon himself or... But he is, he is playing much closer to, um, to Jorginho, and I think that's helping a huge amount. Yeah, I've got to say, you know, Kante's just been better and better. and Well, I mean, I can say better. He's fantastic anyway. But it, I, words fail me about this guy. You know, his rate of improvement, the amount of commitment he puts in. He's phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. What, a, what We are so lucky to have him. Here's an interesting thing for you, you know, because Hazard might be Biofsky in the summer. Mm. I think we would miss Kante more than Hazard if he went. Yeah, I mean, it was it was, it was quite interesting, wasn't it? On, um, I mean, th- this is all part of the instant reaction of a football fan. I've got a downer on Sarri, generally, which is... Probably not fair, but I, you know, some of the football this season's just been absolutely awful. And then he takes off our best player after 60 minutes against our biggest rival, and I'm beside myself with anger, thinking because it was a really weird thing. So William steps up, ready to come on, and everybody thinks it's Pedro going off. Mm. Pedro then scores. There's no substitution made before they kick off again. Do you think that he was going to take Pedro off and he just didn't have the cojones to basically say to William, sit down for 10 minutes? He took Hazard off instead. Now, Hazard has subsequently come out and said, I really was struggling and I wasn't... He didn't you know, play very well, so i buy that. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't play his his greatest game, but you do not take off your best player mm. ever. Mm. Uh, let's go to the lines. Um, well, this gentleman on my screen is just called Alan in brackets. Aussie saw my broken leg. Ah, we know Alan. <laughs> Hello, guys. Hello, mate. How oh, are wow. you? Hi, Alan. Yeah, very good. Hi, nice to talk to you all again. Yeah, you too, mate. What was? I just wanted to talk actually about Spurs and um, how 
I, I can't believe how we they get um, we get under their skin so much, yeah. and they lose their control so badly uh, in every game we played them recently. And I mean, it's a massive failure for Poch to let them playing. But even then, every you know a lot of their control, especially Kane, obviously. Danny Rose came on right at the end, and he lost it within seconds. And you think if I was Poch, I'd say anyone who gets a yellow card find £100,000 because they've got good players, good tactics, and they completely lose it again. Yeah, well, I think they're perennial bottlers, which doesn't help, Alan. But I'm curious about uh, um, Kane, you know, because I I felt he should have got a yellow for... Well, actually, from what I understand, although for some reason I kind of missed what was going on at the time, but, um, you know, basically... We'd kick the ball out because they, yeah. you know, there was an injury, wasn't there? Yeah. And so when we passed it back, and we were a bit nonchalant about it or something. No, like no, no. What what basically happened was, uh, um, first of all, we weren't. I mean, we kicked the ball out. Yeah. Hazard accidentally whacked Trippier yeah, in the yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, So basically, Which, by the way, it was hardly anything. I know, yeah. I know. Yeah. But we can't, you know, kettle black and all the right, rest of it. Right, right. So basically. <laughs> They kicked the ball back to us. Now, David Louise and just let it go through to the keeper, as you would do in those circumstances, yeah. then controlled it. And the minute he controlled it, Harry Kane thought, it's fair game, the ball's back in play. That's kind of right, really. Which is probably yeah. right. But David Louise then took it upon himself... And I, I think the crowd got on it as well because uh, the whole point is that they shouldn't gain any advantage yeah. from what yeah. happened. And... He got very wound up. Um, he put his face into Asby Lequeta's. For which he should have got a yellow, I think. Well, he didn't get charged by the FA because apparently the officials saw it. You can't do that. Yeah, well, what about you the bar? What about the... your head? Like Sorry, that, go on, Alan. Go on, Alan. No, you can't put your head like that. No, and you then, can't. you know, presumably you, you were just about to go and say the. Well, the barge, the barge Louis on Louise, yeah. And what what, what yeah. did you no, think of that? That that was that was completely Louise winding him up. Yeah, every, but, he, but he still he still barged. Well, him. they both got booked, but every. But he retaliated, and if he'd had the first yeah. yellow, yeah, he'd have been off. Exactly that. That's true. Exactly that's that point. At right. that point, you know, and but you know, I just I just cannot understand how they can lose their discipline so badly. I mean, it really... I mean, obviously, the, the classic 2-2 game when we stopped, you know, when we gave Leicester the championship, um, you know, that, they, you know, they should have had three players sent off, nine, you know, 12 players booked. It was just... And, and Klattenberg was, you know, having his day in the spotlight saying, you know, I'm going to let it all, you know, un unroll. You know, that's a ridiculous thing from Klattenberg. But that was just shameful. They lost it so badly. And, I mean, it, you could call it bottling, but, you know, I just think it, no self-control, no experience of being at the at the highest level in the clinch games. And, and, and you know, I, I, th I think there's a, a terrible weakness and indictment for that squad and that management, frankly. Yeah, I mean, I think it doesn't help when your manager comes out uh, the day before saying it's going to be five to ten years before we actually, you know, before we're ready to win anything. I mean, to me, that was like a farewell speech going, it's going to be ten years, but I'm not going to be here. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that the, the, the one thing about that squad and those players is it hasn't been added to for 12 months. And you cannot help but think. I mean, they looked very, very leggy on Wednesday night. You need yeah. players to come in to freshen things up. Those players are, are tired. They are a tired team. Um, and 
on the back of just basically another defeat which took the title away from them. But, you know, as Barry Davis said when England beat Germany in the hockey and he said, where are the German defence Frankly, frankly, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> and that's how I feel about Spurs, Alan. Indeed. Indeed. No, 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 you're right. Um, it, there's, there's zero sympathy here, but it is, it's kind of a, a mystery for our time. And frankly. long may it continue, my friend. <laughs> there you go, Al. Uh, Alan, yeah. we're going to have yeah. to uh, roll because we're off for a break, but thank you very much Cheers, for, uh, for calling in, Alan, there. Uh, apparently, Aussie sign is broken leg. Oh, it's oh, a true story. There you go. We should have oh, kept him on because we could talk about that. We should have. We should have. Alan, you back. Tell the story, yeah. <laughs> call us back after. But 0208 70 20 558 is the number to call. Giving your team the coverage they deserve. Love Sport Radio. This is Love Sport Radio with your Chelsea fan show. Do you know what? Speaking of all this like Tottenham stuff, do you know what their, 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 their title bid that was alive a week ago reminds me of? You know, in wacky races, that guy who's like flying and then his wheels fall off at the end, like he goes, the car implodes. Explodes, yeah. It's or at your fun. local circus with a clown car when the doors and the wheels fall off. <laughs> local circuses that the point the point is, is and it has happened for years. Every time they get anywhere near anything, they just can't handle the pressure. They Speaking can't. They can't. They can't at all. You've just seen a goal, haven't you? Yeah, I was about to say, speak, speaking of pressure, Leeds United yeah. have, uh, have taken the lead. Uh, I'm trying to work out if that's uh, if that's Clayton's man no, who's Ali scored. It's not. It's, it's not, not Alioski. Because Ali's got a very interesting hairstyle. Um, who scored that goal? Are you sure that's not Alioski? I'm pretty positive, but I... I know nothing. Anyway, Leeds United <laughs> taking on West Bromwich Albion. As you well know. And um, you well it's know. Actually, it was Pablo Hernandez. Pablo Hernandez. It's actually, he was actually a really good player for Swansea. He's actually a, a decent player. And there he is. Yeah, Pablo Hernandez. Anyway, Pablo Hernandez puts uh, Leeds United ahead at home that to West kit, Bromwich The West Albion. Bromwich Albion kit always reminds me of, was his name, what was his name? Peter Wiley? Was it Wiley? Uh, John Wiley. John Wiley. And yep. who played in the semi-final against Ipswich yep. in the FA Cup at Highbury, Big head and yeah. and was the forerunner for the um, Terry Butcher. Terry Butcher, yeah. captain, fantastic. It was Brian Talbot played in that as well, didn't he? he had a good game. Yeah. Anyway, um, I was ashamed about um, Alan, who called up earlier, who is generally called uh, when he does the Mixler thing with us. Aussie, uh, Aussie signed my broken leg because I think it's a true story, but we didn't get it out of him because uh, that was all my fault. But there you go. You know, we were talking about um, uh, this whole kind of Sarri, you know, ability to have made a change recently, tactically, certainly by defending deeper. And it's been great because we've looked a lot more solid defensively. And I know, I know I also said they look more committed, which may have had something to do with who they were playing. But the one thing that's, you know, the, the downside of that is that, as we said earlier on in the pub, we haven't had a, a shot on we've target had, we've for two had, and a half games. No, we, we've had one shot. One shot on target. On target in two and a half games. If You, you can't really call the 30 minutes extra time. So let's say All two right. and a quarter right. games. And then there was another period. I was trying to find the fixtures from earlier on this season. There was another, um, I think it was from half time in the Arsenal game. We went um, from that second half to, I think it was against Newcastle at home. That's who it was. We scored sometime in the second half and we hadn't had a shot in between that time. We've got literally zero creativity in that team at all. Which We're, is nuts when you consider the players that we have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to know how we fix it because 
he's doing as as we've said you need to get the back sorted out you need to get your defense sorted out you sort your defense out by the guys in front of your defense playing better uh tighter and the pressing and that that's what happened against spurs so spurs didn't have a a, a shot but it's all dried up. There's nothing... I mean, we scored a goal, which was a really good goal, an individual goal um, by Pedro, and then that was it. I mean, to be fair, in the first half, the shot that Higuain hit the post, I still can't work out what he was doing. It seemed to come off his shin. I mean, he looked like he knew what he was doing, but the angles were very, very deceptive. Certainly when I saw it back on TV live, I just thought he'd fluffed it. I thought he should have scored. He probably should have scored um, when Lloris gave the ball away and then um, uh, Hazard teed him up. But you can hardly say, I mean, Lloris didn't have a huge amount to do, I mean, which is a shame because what he did do, he did pretty poor. I think it's quite worrying because I can't see how, in the way we're playing at the moment... Um, we're going to change things. I mean, one of the things that frustrated me on Wednesday night, and I know it's a bit churlish because if you beat your biggest rivals, um, it's always going to be a great night, is that I think he missed an opportunity. I think he could have brought on Loftus-Cheek slightly earlier, and I think he certainly should have brought on um, Hudson-Odoi because they were out. They were out on their legs. And, and I, I just think that if we would have had a bit of pace and we would have run at them, we could have caused them a hell of a lot more problems uh, rather than actually allowing them to come on to us. So, but where, where do we get the creativity? I mean, Jorginho played a lovely ball through to Higuain, who was just offside in the second half. But, that, but that's a sort of exception rather than the rule. But, you know, I think it's a systemic issue. Shall I say that again? You I'll, shall. I'll try to say it in English. Say it, say it again. I think it's a systemic issue. In other words, it's not just about the fact that we don't have any strikers who can score, yeah. although that's clearly his problem. Hazard scores a lot of goals, but of course he's our main creator as well. William and Pedro are hit and miss. Who in the midfield scores goals? Nobody. Kovacic doesn't. Jorginho doesn't. Nobody. Kante, not really. And then who does? Who scores goals in the defence anymore? You yeah. know, in the days we... John Terry's the highest scoring yeah. defender of all time in the Premier League. So he used to regularly score a lot of goals. Cahill used to chip yeah. in. Ivanovic. Um, Ivanovic used to score a lot. You know, I mean, if you think about it, Marcus Alonso... Dropped off totally this year. A year and a half scoring a huge amount of goals. From wing-back. Yeah. Yeah. And now that's gone. He's full-back. Yeah. Um... No, I mean, the, the point is that you, we've never replaced Lampard. I mean, irreplaceable yeah. in terms of goals. And you take that 20-goal a season out, that's a, that's a big problem. Um, we haven't had a striker. I mean, I don't know the last time. When was the last time we had a striker? An out-and-out striker who scored over 20 goals. Costa. Yeah, you got Costa. Costa. Yeah. yeah. So what's that, three years ago now? Yeah. So, yeah, we are struggling. I mean, to be fair, I think a lot of teams... Um, are struggling with strikers, but then you look, you look at Arsenal. They've got two great strikers. Uh, it's you not look just at Manchester the United. They've got lots of other. Yeah, they've got lots of strikers. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean everybody's chipping in. It's not just the strikers. Whereas we are not. We're not chipping in. I mean, no. I'm just having a, a look at the league table, and in terms of goals scored, I think we are way off the pace compared to. Those above us, uh, I mean, we've scored 47 goals, which is pretty, pretty poor. Um, we're sort of, my maths is atrocious. So we're eight goals behind Man United and Tottenham, 13 goals behind Arsenal, 
We are... My maths is bad, so I can't even... We're a lot, <laughs> I think 27 behind... No, 17 behind Liverpool and 28 behind Man City. Well, Man City has got scored an obscene. But, I mean, that's a huge amount of games, you know, that we haven't won because... We're just not scoring any goals. But as I said, it's not just the strikers. It's a bit like the defending. You know, if the defend, if you're leaking a lot of goals, it's not just the defence and the keeper's fault. It's also how are the midfielders defending, how are the how are the strikers defending as well. But so t- it's a whole team issue. Yeah, I, I and I get that, and I think one of the problems is forward planning. Yeah, literally. One, one of the, yeah, not forward as in forwards. <laughs> I mean forward planning as in you look at our midfield. Now, our midfield at the moment is, I, you would argue that his first choice midfield is Kante, Kovacic and Jorginho. Yeah. Okay? So, somebody with half a footballing brain had to look at that and think, hmm, there ain't no goals there. But they pass so beautifully, Clayton. <laughs> but you, you, I mean, these guys get paid hundreds, well, millions of pounds and... It seems fairly obvious to us, being lay people, that there's there's a problem there. And, uh, I mean, one of the problems I've got with our manager is the fact that he's alienated certain players in our squad. Now, I'm not saying that Danny Drinkwater is the answer to anything. I don't know what the question is. Where is he these days? Uh, I don't know. The last time I saw him, he was opening a restaurant in yeah. Manchester. I think oh. he's opened a restaurant in Manchester. His own, or is he like His cutting own. the ribbon? No, he wasn't cutting the ribbon. No, no, that was a laundrette in Brentford. Um, But why is he never... Why has he just basically been ignored? You don't know what he could have added to the midfield. He may have added nothing, but by not trying to even... Not even giving him any sort of opportunity, we'll never know. Yeah, but this is all because if you have a manager who's who's wedded to a system and who is therefore wedded to a... You know, because it's not just he's wedded to a system, he's wedded to Jorginho who has to play every flaming game. That's the problem. <coughs> Once you do that, your options become incredibly limited. What if Jorginho gets, like, a long-term injury? What, what, what's Sarri going to do? He Kovacic would, he would play Kovacic there. But I, th- I think the one, one, one person who could score goals for us from midfield Loftus is Loftus-Cheek. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and again, I don't know what his injury status is. I know that he's not 100% yeah. fit, but I think in the running, we, we definitely need to get these guys Barkley in. Barkley could also score goals for Chelsea too if he hadn't been told not to dribble and shoot rather than just pass the ball, which is what he has. Well, my main bugbear with, with that is because I, I think that... I think that you're wiggling your finger, yeah, so you're, we're, we're going to a break, aren't we? we? Are, we're going to the news. We're going to the news. We are. Okay, well, I, I will wiggle my finger back at you and talk about Barkley after the news. There you have it. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Cheech, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boy's life. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match 
and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The pensioners are back, but with no walking sticks in sight. They're air-free, wherever they may be. They're the faint of sea. Blue is their colour, and football is their game. If you come to Stamford Bridge, you'll remember their name. It's the Chelsea Fancast on Love Sport. because we miss JK. Do you miss JK? Yes. That corner's empty, isn't it? I mean, I'm, I know, I'm, rest, I'm resting against his chairs if I've got him yeah, next re- to me. I really would like to ask Jonathan whether he's actually on that record. He is. <laughs> yeah. This is kind of weird. I, I did this. I used to do these things called an experiential group when I was training to be a counsellor, and if anybody was away, you would still put the chair out where they would sit so that you had them in mind. So I think that's what we're doing with John. We've put his chair out today. Yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah. we put it it's facing the wrong way round. Yeah. No, this is on. when he used to You're look at the bin. Leaning on Jonathan's head. At do, the do you remember when he looked, used to look at the bin? I do. He used to just sit there and look at the bin I for do. the whole show. I mean, yeah. I don't know. He, he's like the kid that used to eat like the play doh at like play school. Yeah. You know? yeah, that's why he's the way he is. Anyway, I love him. Because it wasn't just Play-Doh. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Crayons. Alioski. Alioski, is that Alioski. Alioski? Oh, there he is, Alioski. He looks, Alioski. Like, he looks like Alan Smith used to look, didn't he? Yeah. 
Alan it's just Smith like a 2018 version of Alan Smith. Yeah. More bits. Uh, anyway, we were. Well. Can we talk a little bit about, um, about that? Because uh, I was a question I wanted to ask him. Clayton was on a roll. I didn't want to interrupt him, but I, I was, I kind of wondering whether. You know, Sarri has turned a corner, in a sense. Mm. Has he earned a stay of execution? The other thing I'm wondering, because I kind of want to meld this into the whole Keppergate thing, which at the time seemed like a complete farce, but I wonder, some people coming out of rumours this week or theories that maybe, actually, the Keppergate thing has, has not actually rendered him completely devoid of any authority. Actually, it's brought the squad together. Lots of questions in one there, Clayton. Sorry about that, but you get the gist. Uh... It, I think it's it's a tough tough one to 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 deal with because if you think about the the, the following game to the final, it was Spurs, and historically, save for last year, the team have got up for that fixture. So yeah. whether that is down to Sarri being more malleable in his team selection and formation. Or whether that was just the players thinking, right, you know, the fans deserve a bit of happiness. Um, I don't know. I, as I said, um, when I rang at the end of the season, I heard something on the radio today. Martin Lipton basically was convinced that he's only in as a stopgap. Now, he said he's only there for a year uh, and we're going for somebody else. I'm not sure that's right, but I, I you know, I would... Oh. Im- Every manager we've had in the last 10 years has been a stopgap. It's not exactly rocket science, Martin. No. But Is that uh, Scott a stopgap by chance, Frank Lampard? I don't know, but I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sort of quite vocal and naive about wanting Lamps and Jody Morris to come in. I, I know that it's not going to happen, and I know I'll get shouted down because it's a bit irrational and a bit of a fanboy type thing. But I'd like them to come in because, one, they know the club, they understand the club, and two, they will use our players. And I think that the one thing that I'm not confident of if Sarri stays next year and we have a transfer ban is him using our, our, our squad because he hasn't used it this year. I'm getting increasingly frustrated at the lack of minutes of Cullum Hudson-Doy, which I think is, is in, go. inexcusable. I don't really understand why he won't use him. I know everybody's going to say he doesn't, you know, he's not great, he's not this, he's not that. Well, as you said to me in the pub, he came on in the, in the final and Pep put two players yeah. on him. One of the best teams in Europe want him. So, you know, somebody's missing something and I don't think it's Pep and I don't think it's Bayern Munich. I I just when when Sarri came out and said, oh, um, Callum will get more time, but I'm going to have to get... You know, the, one of Pedro, William and all Hazard's going to have to go before he gets more squad time. I just absolutely despair. It's not like we're, we're overflowing with forwards, is it? No, it isn't. But I, it, it's not as easy as we like to, to, to make out because... You I know, agree. Callum Hudson-Odoi... I mean, what, I think this is why he doesn't get picked because for all William and Pedro's faults and stinkers that they have, where we all go, well, hang on a minute, surely it can't mm. be any worse playing Callum Hudson-Odoi. What they are are very experienced footballers. So, for example, if Sarri want, like Pedro's defensive performance against Spurs was actually as important, if not more important, than his offensive performance. And you're not going to get that kind of a game out of Callum Hudson-Odoi. They get 
minutes in a game where he's astonishing and he does things that we all delight in, like the goal he scored the other week. But you're not going to get it consistently across 90 minutes. And if you're a football manager and you want to get a result, what are you going to do? You are correct. You're not going to get it, and you're certainly not going to get it if you're sitting on the bench. No, no I agree no, with that too. No, I look, I no, mean, I'm not trying to yeah, defend him. No, no, I'm just no, trying to make I know, a point. But, but you know as well as I do. Mate, and, I stick and, him in every blooming game. Yeah, I mean, you know as well as I do that Pedro on Wednesday night was outstanding, yeah. and that is why he is the most infuriating yeah, player. Definitely. Just uh, you know, just before William, because those two guys can do things you just wonder at. I mean, the the tackle that Pedro made and then his little jinking run out of the area because he was so pumped up, he was so psyched up, he was playing brilliantly. But you know, he'll play if he plays against Fulham, he could play like an absolute drain again. It's, a, ca- it's a case of when he wants to turn up. Yeah, it is in a bit. I mean, look, I think just to, to extend your point about Frank and Jody, I think in many respects, it, it just depends on so many things, doesn't it? Because, look, if, if, if Roman wants to genuinely uh, get the youth players played, there, are, there is no better managerial partnership than Frank and Jody to do it because Jody coached them, so he knows what they're about. They will idolise, deify Frank Lampard. They will walk through a brick wall for him. The only th- trouble is is that Frank and Jody, as a managerial partnership, do not have the commensurate experience to manage a club like Chelsea. But then again, you could say that about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. But I think the other thing is... I think Chelsea supporters are really quite got the hump generally at the moment. I think the only managers or the only manager who would get time and patience from both the board and the supporters would be Frank is, and Jody. Yeah, I agree. They I, would, we would wear a year or two that, not winning anything if yeah, they were in charge. I mean, I, I've been shot down on numerous occasions, basically saying, you know, you're naive. They've got no managerial experience. Give them a couple of years in, you know, if they can get Derby up or even if they can't, leave them there at Derby for yeah. a couple of years. We haven't got that time. These youth players are all coming to now. fruition now. Yeah. Um, one thing that I, I, I'm quite curious and I don't know the answer is that when um, Sarri was appointed, I know that the timings were all off, but one of the wishes was that Jody would get appointed assistant manager to whoever was coming in because that would, you know, that, that opened the door to the youth players coming in. Now, whether that basically... The timings just didn't work, and he went off to Frank. That that's possibly it, but I think that that could have worked. Um, I I just think that that people say they're not experienced enough. Well, okay, if we have a couple of bad seasons with those guys whilst they're learning on the job, as you say, will Roman accept it? Will we be out the Champions League for how long or whatever? But I don't think they will be that bad because we've got the quality of players, and they've got the quality. As coaches, certainly Jody has been a coach yeah. for a long time. Well, fairly reasonable time. I mean, look, the, the, other, the only other downside on it, which is what you get, you know, like Dave and CFC UK, you know, CFC UK Dave, a lot of people I know like that don't want to see Frank and Jody come and manage the club because they don't want their legacy to be absolutely blown away and tarnished when they inevitably get fired for not getting us in the top four. Uh, th- there is that. But it's quite interesting because I, I, I hark back to John Hollins. John Hollins was a great player for Chelsea. And a terrible manager. And when he left, he there, was. Were, there, were, there were parties. Loving, as I do, yeah. You know, yeah. because he, he was such an awful manager. He had to follow John Neal. John Neal was loved 
adored and then whatever he did he he seemed to try and do the opposite of yeah. what John Neal did to be his own person and it didn't work and the point is now John Hollins at the club you know I've been lucky enough to meet yeah. him he's a wonderful Lovely man yeah. everybody likes him so I, I, I do get that but I don't think I, I would be incredibly surprised if our fans turned on Lampard if things didn't go right well, yeah, I would agree with that. I would, I would never turn against him, no matter what he did as manager of the club. There you have it. There you have it. Oh two oh eight seventy twenty five five eight. If you want to get involved at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. This is Love Sport Radio with your Chelsea fancast as an ex-Chelsea player fires leads oh, two stretching goals the truth to a bit the far, really, Aaron. Really, no. but you know, stretching it a bit. Ex-Chelsea player. Yeah. How many times did he play for him? I don't know. Should, I go, should we Google it and find out? Pat, Pat Bamford. Keep talking. Pat Bamford. It was, he spent five, five years at club. Yeah, how many games did he play? He didn't spend any time at the club. None, uh, none. He was on loan the whole time. How many games did oh, he Oh, no, play? hold on a minute. He, he made his debut for the reserves and were friendly against Gillingham at Cobham. But Chelsea emerging victorious 5-4. Bamford netted his first goal in Chelsea colours, rounding off a tidy team move and also scored his second, the winner from the penalty spot. Ah... It's nice, isn't it? So how many games did he play? None. None. Uh, let's go to uh, Mark. Uh, he's a Chelsea fan. Um, he, he's never played for Chelsea, I believe, either. Well, he might have done. Right, Mark. Might be Mark Steen. Afternoon, gentlemen. Mark, how are you, I'm mate? Mark Steen. I'm doing well. How are you doing? Yeah, good, good, good. Now, you're coming over soon, aren't you, for your first game? I am, in April. Burnley match, right? The Burnley match. Uh, yes, yeah, so just yeah. kind of... Picking up where you left off about Frank, yeah, I think the only way I could accept it is if the board was to completely change because if he were to get treated like every other manager, there's no way I'd want him to come back to the team. But I do know, like like Clayton said, he's going to play the players that we have. And I think that Callum would stay. I don't know about Ed and if he's going to leave, but I think if they were to sign decent, I think better players that fit the squad, instead of buying, like, six guys every time. So I think that we would improve. I think we would challenge for a top four and possibly titles, I think. Well, the thing I would say about the club changing its attitude is that several of those players who um, were in the great side, Drogba, Terry uh, and Lampard, all had some sort of relationship, um, like friendship, with, with Roman. So... You'd have to think that. I mean, if you were making that appointment, you'd have to, you'd have to have that mindset. Um, and it's a question. You're quite right as to whether the, the the club is willing to to have that mindset. I I don't know whether that would happen. You you have to think that perhaps the appointment of Sarri was the start of that mindset because they thought he was going to change the philosophy about how we played. Sorry, that was a very. Was that from a horror movie? More teenager. <laughs> <laughs> that door creaking. Um, so I don't know. I mean, Chich, what do you think? No, that was that was my mind, you know, kind it of whirring away. Whirring yeah. away, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, my, I, I'll be honest with you. I think that my impression is, is that Sarri was, you know, like all Chelsea managers, hired for the long haul as long as he got us in the top four because this is, you know, the... <laughs> Whatever Roman's dreams and ambitions are, everything now revolves around the business. And basically, the business says you've got to be in the top four and playing Champions League football. If you can't deliver that, 
will find somebody else who will. So you're 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 a long-term manager at Chelsea so long as you finish in the top four. doesn't matter who you are. So, I mean, he can come with this kind of whole, I'm going to tear up the book and we're going to have this new style and play Sarri ball thing. This is why we're in such a mess, I think, because there is no long-term planning at the club. You know, there is no... The club will not allow anybody to spend a period of time tr- trying to generally transition the team and accept that we might actually have a, a year or two of not being successful in order to go and build a, lo- a longer period of dominance down the line. This is their fatal flaw. Yeah, and it's it's a whole lack of a director of football. And as we said earlier on, any forward planning, the squad has got weaker and weaker over the we're years. We're going to lose all of these youth players um, because of it, Clayton. Yeah, we're going to. We haven't transitioned any youth players. Uh, the the most successful youth team in English football history. Five Chelsea players in yeah. the England under seventeen squad that, that won, won the, the World, World Cup. Cup. Yeah. And who the Germans have been sniffing around yeah. as if it was a yeah one of them already sausage, gone mate. to Monaco. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think also it's not even if first thing that came into my head was to can meet top four <laughs> because there's been managers who've won cups, made top four, lost in a Champions League, and then he still gets fired, like yeah. Carlo. Yeah, you know, he won well, our first ever double, and then we get knocked out by the champ that year, and then. I think we lost to United the next year, yeah. and then he got fired in the tunnel. I mean, and he made top four and won the league. <laughs> so, you know, I think, what exactly are they looking for? Well, I I, I think cause... that Carlo is is held out as a beacon of of the greatest piece of madness uh, ever. Uh, and I think under the Roman regime, yeah, I think nuts. that the that was just insane. But I think what did for him was losing at home to Jose's Inter Milan in the Champions League. And uh, they played rugby against us. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think that was that was very, very unfortunate. I mean, it was, a, it was a strange season because for some reason, Ray Wilkins, his number two, was taken away from him halfway through the season. Yeah, but that's what un- you know, destabilised yeah. it, wasn't it, really? Yeah. And there was a lot of uh, rumours going around that Roman had gone into the dressing room and Ray had told him what he could do with it. Yeah, you know, Ray, Ray was a football man yeah. first, last, and always. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have had that. There were all sorts of other rumours going on as well. And once Ray went, um, Carlo kind of really yeah. he, he was rendered a bit powerless in a yeah. sense. You know, so awfully stupid decision from a club that specialises in making stupid Ray, decisions. Ray, Ray was sort of the conjurer. <laughs> yeah, he was. Morning. He yeah, was yeah. lovely, lovely bloke, Ray. Yeah. But there yeah, you true. go. I mean, I I don't know, Mark. I mean, you know, everybody throws back the argument. Oh well, look at what we've won in the last fifteen years, and you can't. You can't deny that we 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 win certain have what we've won more trophies than any other English team in the last fifteen years, but uh, I, you know I just wonder what happens when it does go pear shaped. You know our strength to you know rebuild and recover. I can't. I, you know it worries me. You know it really does. Well, I th- I think it already has. That's where we are now. Yeah. Actually, I mean that Which is, is the why sort I of, say yeah, play the youth players. Yeah, that well, is my main reason why I say that because in two thousand seven two thousand eight. We weren't talking about playing youth players because we had two world-class players at every position. Yeah, yeah. you know, but how many, we don't how many have world, that anymore. So how many well like play the young guys? How many world-class players have we got now, Mark? Two. Yeah, exactly. You don't need to say, tell us who because we know that it's Hazard and Kante. <laughs> but you're right. We have. I was trying to think of another one, like yeah. to squeeze one but out. There aren't, are there? Like... There are only two, and and the reality is, I think, to compete, certainly 
for the Champions League, you need a minimum of four world-class players. Ideally, you want six. But you need your spine to be world-class. Ours is not. No. And hasn't been for a long time. Correct. There you have it, Mark. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mark. Thank thank you for your contribution this evening, (laughs) Mark. uh, 8.22, we're going to take a pause now. Leads to West Bromwich, Albion. There's still the score. Um, Are we going to touch ever so slightly on the Carabao Cup final next? No, we'll talk about Fulham. Ah, we'll talk about Fulham. Talk about Fulham. Fulham. Your news, your views, your voice. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. In the words of Jonathan Kidd. <laughs> Quick, can you do an impression of No, not with my voice like it is. You know. Can we have some remedies for, for Chidge's throat? You got that remedy. Night nurse. Do you remember that Gregory Isaacs yeah, yeah, night yeah, nurse? Yeah. yeah. Can you play that off the next break, please? Yeah. Gregory Isaacs night well, nurse. Or the prodigy. You got that remedy. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? What was that? Anyway, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're talking all things Chelsea until 9pm. I say cardamom tea with honey. Yeah. I wish I, I haven't got... I what usually, about brandy usually and honey? Oh, Yeah, that'll do, won't it? Lick a bit of brandy. Little ickle, ickle bit of brandy. <laughs> yes, yeah, ickle bit of brandy. Exactly. Uh, That's like Canners. He likes a ickle bit of brandy. He does, he doesn't he? Does. He, he does. No, no he brandy. doesn't. He likes a lot he of likes brandy. A, he likes a lot. What are you, Clayton? Do you? No, I don't. No? Yeah. No, yeah. You're more of a Chardonnay kind of man. No, no he likes his, likes, likes his real ale. Oh, is it? You're yeah, a real yeah, ale? I, real ale. I, yeah. I like a nice, I like a nice glass of red wine. Oh, lovely, 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 lovely. Drop of claret. Yeah, well, actually, I, I like Rioja. Rioja. I, I love a Rioja. Yes. <laughs> Rioja. Yeah. Red. I don't like Rioja. You, 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 you know Because no, a span, span, a Spaniard's grapes are all very shriveled. You see. You sound like you know. Um, like Margaret Thatcher's daughter in the movie. You know, you know the Iron Lady. The movie. Have you seen the Iron Lady? The movie. Yeah, it's, uh, you, sound, you sound like a daughter there. What Carol? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carol. 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 Thatcher. Uh, Bobby, would you like a Rioja? Would you like Rioja? Anyway, um, being 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 like the the esteemed goalkeeper mm-hmm. of the Chelsea fan cast, I just wanted to see if you know your thoughts on. Big Willie's exercises when he was warming up. That was quite an extended warm up he did. Yeah, no, I think he's still there. <laughs> yeah, it's waving still, his arms around. To come on, still waving his arms around. I mean, you know, from the stands, what was what was your view? Uh, my view was slightly um, restricted as I was on a plane. <laughs> I actually angled that question to Stanford. Oh, I wasn't looking. Like yeah. a bit like Kepa. <laughs> well, you know, no. Clayton actually, the first thing he asked me when I saw him in the pub tonight, he said, uh, "What was it all about then? Did you know what was going on?" And I'm right in the gods, right opposite, you know, farther, as far away from it as you can be. And me and Stu Norman and Psycho Phil all said at the same time, "He's not. He's not having it. He's not going. He's, this is out of order. You can't do that." And we could see that Willie had been uh, warming up. And we knew immediately that uh, Sarri was going to bring him on. 
for the penalties. It was obvious to us that we were miles away. So how can this how this whole affair can have could have been obfuscated by them to the extent that it was just beggars belief. It was clear to me that he wanted to bring Caballero on because he wanted on to him to save the penalties and quite possibly Kepa was injured, although we couldn't understand the extent to which he was injured or not from the distance that we were. Should have, he should have taken... You know, if, if the manager wants to take you off, you go. You can't decide that you don't it, want to go it, off. It sort of highlighted the lack of leadership. Well, absolutely. Well, where was where was Aspie? Um, that's the thing. He's a Spanish speaker. David Luiz yeah. speaks Portuguese. So David Luiz is going over. And David to... Luiz was basically going, stay out there. Stay out, stay out, there. Stay out there. Make him look... I got away with it. You make, yeah, make, make him look like a right Charlie. Go on, you, you yeah, stay out yeah, there, yeah, mate. Yeah. You stay out there. This, is, really, this, real, this, is, this is really funny. There's and, a bottle of Rioja yeah, in it for yeah. you. Do you know what? I'm sort of... I didn't see it live. Um... And when I watched it all, and I've heard so much this week, my overriding feeling is sadness. Yeah. Sadness because Why? this season's not been the best, but no. the one, one of the best things about this season has been Kepper. And I think mm. to come in as 24-year-old from overseas, I think he's done really well. He's not... He's not been brilliant, but I think he's done very well, and I think he's been a very good signing. Um, and I was just sad because I just thought what he did was wrong. I think he did it for the right reasons. I he, did, he thought he could carry on and do what he needed to do. If Sarri wanted to bring um, Willie on for the penalties, then that should have been discussed beforehand, and it should have been obvious to him what was happening. Um, and I just think, you know, it was typical of a goalkeeper. Kepper was probably thinking, I was the hero in the penalty shootout in the semi-final. I can be the hero here. But that was the, that's the way a goalkeeper thinks. You know, this is my moment in the spotlight. And I suspect there was a lot of that. Um, but it's a team sport. It's not about you. Yeah, you know, your number comes up. you got to go, mate. And there has to be, you know, as I said, you know, look, the weird thing is, if 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 at some point he kind of decided that that Sarri was taking him off because he was injured, then he's still wrong, because if the manager wants to sub you, you get subbed. Yeah, you know, if you you cannot undermine his authority. Like, I mean, I, I'm no lover of Sarri, but I'll be honest with you, I I I've, I had some sympathy with him over that. Although, frankly, he should have stuck to his guns and hauled him well, up. What would you make of him? I mean, that tunnel walk thing he did. It's really well, weird. He lost the plot. Mate. If you look he at it, he lost the plot. Like, Kepper said no. Sarri's then gone to the fourth official. He, Don't worry. Cancel the sub. Let's just crack on and do what we're doing. He's then turned around, started to take his jacket off, start swearing at people. Then he's just walked off down the tunnel. Yeah. And and the funny thing is, James Gray was saying um, earlier on, you know, what if he had walked through that door he was gone. disappeared? He, he would have gone. He, well, he, I think that's what happened. He, actually, was, yeah. he was five yards away from, from leaving the club. The job. Yeah, I reckon so. Or he was going for a fag. Yeah. Do you know what someone actually said to me? Someone actually said to me, he should start wearing the old patches on the arms. That's why. Maybe he never takes that jacket off because he's got the patches on his arms. He's like Nessa from Gavin and Stacey. (laughs) You know? No, I I mean, you you do have to feel uh, sympathy for him. You do. But... Um, But he shouldn't have... None of the players stood up for him and none of his staff stood up for him. 
I, I mean, I Zola made some vain attempt to shout. No, no, no. what Zola but doing? But without moving his, from 90, his seat. There's 90,000 people there. And he's trying the to shout. The dugout is, yeah. you know, pushed back from the touchline. Forget from the goal. What are you doing shouting from there, mate? That's why you didn't make a good manager. Yeah. Well, maybe he wasn't actually even shouting. Maybe he was looking like he was shouting. He was just giving enough action so that you'd think that he was shouting. I don't know. I, ju- I just thought it was a lack of respect. But I think going back to kind of where we started this before in the previous part... I think, weirdly, now it's kind of resolved because action has been taken, uh, you know, affirmative action has been taken, punishment has been meted out. Then They now know that you cannot get out of line because if you do, this is what's going to happen. So maybe his authority has been reasserted by... And I think, I, think the, I think the club have dealt with it really well. You know, Marina was very involved in that, apparently. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, she, but was she? Yeah, she, she was the one that was saying that Kepa really needs to get fined here and, and had a, you know, she had a word with him, apparently. Yeah, well, so I, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think the club dealt with it really well and I think, hopefully... It's now gone. I, I thought I thought fair play to say. I think he's come out with a lot of credit. Yeah. At the end of I it, think he has actually. It, you just love you just love his you, the stuff he wears, don't you? Because you, he looks you, like a like granddad wearing that. You know that baseball style yeah, jacket. It's you great. Just, you love all that. Don't you? It's you, great. You just not even he couldn't even get into a suit for Wembley. I mean, <laughs> you know, for God's but sake. Then again, Pep sticks with his Bert and Ernie jumpers, doesn't he? Well, he does, but he looks very smart. And he gets probably paid a huge amount of money to wear oh, that yeah, stuff. No doubt. Do you reckon, do you reckon they're CNA? They, they could well be CNA. They could well be. Coats and hats. Do you, do you remember um, Clough, 19, you weren't born, 1981, FA Cup final. Yeah, I mentioned this on Monday. Walked out in a suit. Yes. Changed and then his tracky. Yeah. Changed it, whatever. Yeah, love Clough. <sighs> love he, he had the squash he, racket he next was, to him as he well. Was, he was the best. He was the he best. He was the best. He's probably the only manager I wish I'd like actually manage my club. Yeah. Like, I'd, I'd have loved wish, yeah, yeah. wish he had. Just the most yeah, brilliant. fantastic. Genius. Funny fantastic enough, I was actually man. watching the Brian Clough years yesterday. Yeah. And not, you know, he had... Premier years. <laughs> no, I had a break yeah. from that. <clears throat> he had no tactics either. He just he bought good players. So, right, go out and play. <laughs> go and play. Young man. Young play, you know how to man. play football. Young go man. Go play. Young man. Barbara. <laughs> yeah. Love him, mate. Love him. Anyway, should we, should we get an op overview? Yeah, let's we'll, we'll do that next. This is Love Sport. The opposition view on Love Sport. New manager in the Premier League this week. Of course, uh, we're talking about Scott Parker, not Brendan, who's up at uh, Leicester City. But uh, Scotty Parker, former Chelsea midfielder, replaced former Chelsea manager Claudio Ranieri, whose short tenure from 107 days, I believe it was, uh, was cut to an end by Fulham chairman uh, Shahid Khan. Jack Kelly from Fulhamist joins us now. Uh, Jack, um, a unanimously right decision, it seems, across the board. Fans uh, fans, very, very pleased with it. Yeah, I think everyone's very pleased with it. I think um, Wednesday night very much demonstrated how, how uh, angry the fans were with a lot of the things. I think Tony actually looked at that and went, well, we need, we need to do something about it. And especially the, the performance and the result was, was awful against Southampton. And in, go on, well, I was going to say, I mean, Jack, you know, I know it's very difficult, isn't it? Because the manager's going to take the brunt of whatever happens because he's the most visible thing. But, I mean, has any of your, you know, Fulham fans, I are reserved for the Khans? Because, let's face it, Tony Khan's the one who's put you in this pickle by misspending yeah. £100 million in the summer. Yeah. No, there's, there's, there's blame on, on, on loads of on loads of sides. You can look at the Khans, you can look at Tony and, and what he spent and, and how he spent it. 
Uh, you look at Slavisa, who didn't get enough points uh, after 12 games, uh, when we really should have had more. Uh, and then you look at Ranieri, who, who came in and all he really did was try and stabilise the defence and, and he just put uh, an extra man in defence to, to make us look a little bit more solid. But inevitably, it, it wore off and that new manager bounce wore off and, and we just seemed to look worse than ever. Yeah, but... Um, I mean, sorry, sorry, Jay. I was just going to say, but the reality is, you and I both know that some of those players are not good enough for the Premier League, particularly some of oh, the defenders. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that yeah. to, to spend a hundred million in the summer and not dealt with that was just nuts. And I, I feel sorry for Yukanovic uh, initially because I wonder, I wonder how how much he had to do with or, or knew about any of that. Yeah, it, it just doesn't seem very um, clear on on whether Yukanovic had a say or. or in any of the transfers, and it's something we need to address because because what if a new manager comes in after Parker, if you know if he was to just to go back to uh, the number two role, uh, and then in comes someone else, and and what if they clash with Tony Khan about the recruitment yeah. strategy again, and uh, and we're going to come with, uh, unless Tony Khan or she Khan does something about Tony Khan's position uh, as the recruiter, that, then we're just going to go around in circles, yeah, totally, uh, and we're not going to make any progress, so. So, and, and it, I was talking about uh, this to someone else earlier um, today. Would, would Shahid sack his own son in order for for, for, for success in transfer windows? I'm not. I, I just don't know. It's a bit of a, a bit of an awkward one. He needs to. He really, really, really needs to. It's amazing because it feels like Fulham are back where they were four or five years ago in that stint yeah. in the Premier League. And the worst thing is, is, is. They, the, the owners haven't learnt from last time after some tough seasons in in the pre, in, in the championship. They have not learnt at all, and and you yeah. wonder how long it's going to take the club to recover um, next season from from whatever happens at the end of this one. Yeah, it's completely true. I mean, it's been said so many times in the last couple of days. It's the second Premier League season in a row where we've had more than two managers. We've had six managers in the last two seasons in the Premier League. It's I know even more than Chelsea have had, Jack. Well, exactly. It's, it's, it's crazy. But, actually, um, actually, Jack, I was, going to ask, I was going to ask you this. I mean, you know, uh, Jukanovic, Chelsea connection. Ranieri, yeah. Chelsea connection. Scotty Parker, Chelsea connection. Do you think that it's basically this is a, a Chelsea conspiracy to undermine Fulham in some mysterious, nefarious way? Surely not. <laughs> it, Surely might be. not. it might It'll be. be. You never know. Well, I'll, I'll be, I will be surprised if we got Maurizio Sarri in the next season. <laughs> well, stranger things have happened. I'll pay the taxi fare. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> what are you expecting yeah. from Scott Parker, though? I mean, I've I, I got to be honest, I'm surprised, apart from the fact he was the number two, and it always happens, doesn't it? But, mm, you know, yeah. do, do, you, do you expect much from him? I mean, for Sunday, let alone further on down the season. It's the first time I felt excited to go to a full match, really? full match in such a long time, because... You know, you know what Parker's like. He's a passionate guy on yeah. the pitch. He'll probably be a passionate guy off the pitch. And you know, I saw a clip from from the club today in training. He's a good motivator. He has a good relationship with the players. It's exactly what we need to just boost morale towards the end of the season. Yes, we're going down, but let's go down with a fight, shall we? Because we're kind of Clayton and I are a bit worried, you know, because this always happens to Chelsea. I'd love to somebody to, you know, do a spreadsheet about this to find out how many times Chelsea end up playing a team who have just sacked their manager and get on the wrong yeah. end of a manager bounce. So is that what you're hoping for on Sunday? Yeah, it would be great to just beat Chelsea because it, it would really... Uh, well, after some very positive result performances against City and Tottenham, it would be very nice to get them back down to 
back down to earth with a defeat to the to one of the worst sides in the division, which will be really funny. It's in our DNA. I'm absolutely convinced <laughs> of that. I, I, I'm sort of... I'm naturally nervous You're about it. You're such a it. negative Nelly. I am a negative Nelly. Yeah. Um, because I, I would imagine that you can't see any way at all that you're going to beat us on Sunday. No, I mean, um, Eden Hazard, Pedro, Willian, Jorginho. <laughs> That's what we Chelsea, said. <laughs> Chelsea have a good team, a very, very good team. and yeah. They were poor against United in the Cup. They were good against City yeah. um, in, in the Cup final. Uh, and then very, very good against Tottenham. So, they probably will beat us, but let's give it a go. Mitrich could really cause some issues for you guys. So a real favourite of ours is Andre Schürrle. Will he be playing on Sunday? Well, he's got a fake virus, so he probably won't be playing. A fake virus? A fake virus. Well, maybe that'll clear he... up now that the fake manager's gone. Yeah, he's not ill. He's not ill, Schürrle. He's just moping about and wants to go back to Dortmund. Mm. So just let him go back. Do you think that's been one of the major problems, that quite a few of your players are on loan and, and basically they're just that all they can see is the exit yeah. and, and they really aren't putting a shift in for you guys. Yeah, I mean, you can look at Schürrle, who started quite positively the season, but has just got worse. You can look at Fossi Mensah, who apparently is on loan, well, yeah, he's on loan from United, but apparently because we wanted to send it back to United, it's down to us to, to get that sorted, or it's down to Man United to make that decision. It's, it's a really weird one. And then Luciano Vieto, who just has been a bit of a nothing player all season. It's just, apart from one goal against Brighton, it's been a nightmare. Mm. What nightmare. about... And, and I was going to ask you about Seri, because we were apparently we were quite close yeah. to buying him, and I was quite excited about buying him, and he's just... Has he been sort of a massive disappointment, or has he been played out of position, or what, what, what's happened with him? Uh, he's been inconsistent. He'll have games where he's been the star of the show, and then he'll have games where he's non-existent, doesn't really do much, uh, and and then fans get on his back. Uh, I've actually really, really enjoyed him this season. I think he's been phenomenal. But um, and Geese is the one who's been, who's been poor. Who? Yeah, and Geese has just been again <laughs> came in against Huddersfield in that rubbish one nil defeat away, and he was awful. But I think last uh, the other night against Southampton, he was quite good. So there's a bit of inconsistency in his performances, but. He's someone we should keep to actually build a team around next season. He'll he'll be he'll dominate the midfield and, next season. And is Sessegnon playing at the moment? Um, yeah, Sessegnon came off the bench on Wednesday, but um, I feel like there's this uh, real hatred from Sessegnon towards Ranieri. Not maybe not hatred, but uh, no, I, I, Ranieri I go with knocked hatred. his whole confidence. Yeah, oh, would you? Yeah, I, I saw Sessegnon today in training on the video. He was happy, smiling. I think he was very, very happy that Ranieri's gone. And Park will definitely play him. So. Give it, giving Stuart Gray a massive cuddle. Stuart Gray, of course, returned uh, to Fulham mm. as well after his weird departure in the summer. It just seems like this really just feels like Fulham of of, of the of the past sort of four or five years. Um, Jakanovic handed out, but um, yeah, they're going to try and scrap. Uh, how do you see this one going on Sunday? I think we'll lose, but uh, we'll lose by only a goal to nil. William. Mm. Okay. William, that's an accurate prediction. That's a sure. very... What, what minute, Jack? 84. <laughs> 84. Fair play. <laughs> Brilliant <laughs> stuff, mate. Good Jack, luck. thank you very much, Jack. Thank Kelly you, there Jack. from the Fulhamish Podcast giving us an opposition view on uh, Love Sport Radio. We are going to take a pause uh, because we're approaching quarter nine. Come for the sport. Stay for the chat. Love Sport Radio. Yeah, we're back. This is Love Sport Radio with the Chelsea Fancast. Um, Chidge, quiz. Hello. 
Yes, the quiz, which I've been a bit uh, slothful in, uh, you know, alerting people to this evening. I'm not, you know, not 100% tonight. You know, I'm not asking for sympathy, but I'm just saying, uh, you know, I'm dying here, uh, all right? Dying. Um, yeah, basically the question, because we, we, we've done the whole kind of which players have played for Fulham and Chelsea uh, back when we played them at the bridge earlier in the season, so I wasn't going to repeat that. Alexi Smerton. Indeed. Andre Scherler, Scott Parker. Teddy, anyway, enough. Teddy Mayberg. Gordon Davies. We've done that one. We've done that one. So tonight it was how many goals? Because, of course, it's uh, the anniversary, 13th anniversary of Peter Osgood's very untimely death. I thought a way to incorporate that into the question was to say, how many goals did Peter Osgood score against Fulham? Now, a good question because, you know, obviously they were out of the division. You know, we were in Division 1, they were in Division 2 for a lot of the time. So, difficult. And do you know what the answer was, Clayton? Yes, I do because I've got the script. Okay, would you like would you like to read it out? <sighs> he scored the grand total of one goal. Chelsea versus Fulham, fifth of February, nineteen sixty six, two one. Osgood and Tambling. You haven't got the Fulham scorer here. It's no, because pro- that's probably matter. Johnny Haynes. Doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. But he only scored one goal against Fulham. Amazing. I know because he scored what one hundred and three for Chelsea or something like that. Was more than that. 103 league goals, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. They scored score more than that. So I there think. you go. So if anybody got that right, they're very clever. Because I have to be honest, I would have thought it would have been more than that. Pat yourselves on the back. Indeed. Do that. Indeed. Um, they're, they're wounded, Fulham. They're like proper wounded. It is a worry, actually. This whole, ba- you know, this manager bounce thing I'm talking about. Yeah. It's uncanny how many times Chelsea play sides that have just sacked their manager, who have been absolute dogs before, and then turn up against us and they play like Brazil. I All think, the time. I think had Claudio been there, I wouldn't have had a second thought about it. They, they no. turned against him. Yeah. And Three or four, I'd have said. Yeah. But the fact is that you've, you know, there, there is a, an enthusiasm there. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I am concerned. I'm concerned because the only thing we've been consistent in this year, uh, this season, has been inconsistency. Yes, um, and the crowd are going to be really up for it. It's a question of where the players are. Um, they've had two tough games on the bounce. Uh, played well. Um, but I, I've got I, I've got no confidence that we could necessarily well, play well again on Sunday. Do you think I mean, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how he sets up. You know, Do you think he's going to revert back to how he set up before the City game last Sunday? Or Possibly not. Does because he really need to defend no, but deep I mean, against Fulham? The fact is that he's already said that he's going to make three or four changes. Now, so I find that concerning because unless people are really tired, um, well, we, we've got into a smidgen of form. Why are you going to change it? Because they might be tired. But who, let's, 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 let's work it out. Kepa conceded a goal in four. Yeah. Kepa for Willie. That's true. Kepa for Willie. Yes. Uh, Emerson for Alonso. Possibly. Barkley for Kovacic. Possibly. And uh, William for Pedro. Yeah. That's your four changes. Rad- radical. That's what he'll do, mate. Yeah. So he'll radically change he'll it. He'll radically change by it. By not doing much at all. Yeah. You know, what should he do? Okay, so I would play Hudson Adoy on Sunday Hurrah! instead of Pedro and and William. He I could play. He could play for both of them. Frankly, yeah. Yeah. well, you know, I'd, I'd put him in. Um, and if your man's fit, Loftus Cheek, I'd start with him instead of uh, Kovacic. Yeah, I'm sorry to say, Do- Dom, who, who's looking through the glass tonight, is is a, is Fulham a, fan. a well-known Big Fulham, Fulham fan. fan. 
Um, Hudson Adoy versus Cyrus Christie. Oh yes, please, mate. Cyrus Christie. It's well, the, me, the, me the, against Cyrus Christie. Would it's be, career you know. ending. It's, but it's but, the, game but over. the point is that our manager is risk averse, and I can't see him doing it. I can't see him starting both Loftus Cheek no. and Hudson Adoy, and and I frankly can't see either one of them starting. Do you think? Do you think Hazard will start? Because the reason he came off after sixty was more to do with the fact that he was carrying a slight injury. Yep. So maybe he could do with a rest, considering he plays every game. He could do with a rest, but he's our best player, um, and we are very reliant on him. We are. Um, if he doesn't play, then he could end up playing Pedro and William again. Um, I don't know. I mean, Higuain looks very good, but he's getting no service at no, all like all strikers that we have I mean I think this is a really interesting point that we never discuss this is like the elephant in the room there has to be a very good reason why unless Diego Costa or Didier that we don't we don't seem to have strikers you can score there's a reason for that it's because all the players that play behind them are not set up to provide them with goal scoring opportunities they don't play for the striker. They play for themselves. But this season, more than any other, yeah. I would say. I would say so too. I think the the amount of um, games that we have not scored in this season is quite large, and I think it's going to get more. I, I just but do you not dread, th- dreadful English? But, I do apologise to any English teachers who are listening. But if you if you go back, you know, I mean, look, Hazard is an individual player. Yeah, he does try and create things for people, and clearly he has done many times. But, but hasn't that been a criticism? But he's the fact that he actually tries to tee people up rather than shoot. Well, that's true. Do. But he's also an individual. Yeah, William and Pedro do their own thing. They don't create too many opportunities no, for strikers. Um, and none of them in field do. We used to have Frank well, Kante's the, the main well, provider yeah. of chances. But if you year. go back to Lampard, Lampard didn't only just score goals. How many times did he tee Didier Drogba up? Yeah, a lot. And you we've know. had other players in the past who've done that. Um, I mean, Costa gave defences different problems because he was so physical. Fabregas, of course, and we had other yeah, and we had other players who'd, who'd feed off the scraps that he'd create. Um, the the, the the whole selling of Sesk thing it just doesn't make any sense because they basically said, oh, we're going to sell him um, when we get a replacement. And then they didn't get a replacement. And then they didn't and get a replacement. Bonkers. I know. And Which should have perhaps been one of the youngsters, you know, to be fair. Yeah. Like, should, that should have opened up the pathway for Loftus-Cheek, yeah. although I, I get they're totally different players, but... I don't understand. But Loftus Cheek, when when he's played, he has created. I mean, he created both goals for Morata in that. I mean, I know it was only Forrest, but uh, you can't tell me that Higuain wouldn't basically benefit from having the sort of service that an out and out winger. I think the problem with William and Pedro is the fact that they're not out and out wingers. Mm. I don't know what they are. They're Pedro like t- was ten. Well, they're all number 10s. That's the trouble. I think, you know, when it boils down to it, Aaron, this is the thing. You know, Hazard's really a number 10 rather than a winger, although he is a winger. You know, you could say the same of William and Pedro because they always cut in. Yeah, and Hudson Odoi is an out-and-out winger. Yeah. Um, Absolute joy to watch. But, I mean, if he does play, fantastic. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a tough game. You can never detract from the fact a London derby is always tough. They'll be well up for it. Yeah, Scott Parker will be well up for it. And he'll get them well up for it as well. But there's no... I mean, you know, they are awful. I've I've seen them a lot this season. I mean, sorry, Dom, but they are, and you know it. Big thumbs up. Yeah, but, you know, they are, bless them. But their defence, they've got championship players in that team, a lot of them. They've got some good players too, but... 
there's a reason why they're second from bottom and got one of the worst goals conceded records ever in the league. So that you know, we should win this comfortably. We should win this comfortably if they are 100% committed and 100% at it. And that's Sarri's job to make sure that they are. Yes, but he can't sometimes motivate them. Well, that's my worry. You see, because they were against City. I yeah. thought they did very they well. they were against But here's, here's the thing. You made this point earlier. The reason they were up for it against City is they had professional pride that they didn't want to get hammered 6-0 again. Didn't care what he said. They decided what was going to happen. We ain't going to get beat and humiliated by this lot. They were up for it against Spurs because I just generally don't think they like Spurs and they know that we would have lynched them if they'd lost. Yep. So there was a, a, you know, an idea of hate and fear at play there. Yeah. What's going for them against Fulham? Nothing. Exactly. That's what worries me. Yeah. Oh, blimey, Clayton, we're doing it again. You and I should never do a podcast <laughs> on our own together, ever, because we basically we talk each other down, don't we, every yeah. time. But it is a worry, Aaron. You know, proper, are they going to be up for it? Proper moany, you We two. are, aren't we? Sorry, people, we'll cheer up next week. Proper moany. Uh, West Brom and Jalbin have a free kick in an interesting position up steps. Gail. Rubbish. Is that the end of Alioski? You look <laughs> like it. Um, how's it going to go on, on well, Sunday? Are you going? No, because I'm here. I'm here Clear on Sunday. Time. You going? No, I haven't got a ticket. Yeah, they're hard to get hold of. You're going? Yeah. That's Give your ticket to me. You do my show and I'll go. How does that sound? My voice has gone I'm anyway. I'm in the Chelsea end. Are you in the neutral section? No, I'm not. Actually, do you know what? There's such a myth about that neutral section. Do you know why that neutral section's actually there? Why? Because Craven Cottage only has three actual like land-based sides rather than a fourth land-based side, and unless one, one, one unless one wishes to wade to a turnstile, <laughs> yeah, they, they've got to have a neutral section. One of the greatest football stadiums in yeah, the country. Great, st- I love it. I'm going to be sorry to see them go, mate. Actually, because I love going there. I'm really gutted. I can't go on Sunday. But well, I remember last season, yeah. you turned around to me saying, "I'm really happy that they're, they're, they're coming yeah, up." Yeah, because know? I love that ground. Is Clayton's right? It's proper, proper old football stadium. Prediction? Uh, this is... Re- I'm sorry, Dom. I'm sorry. Uh, Fulham, one, Chelsea, question mark, so three slash four. Clayton? Clear done. One nil. Having moaned like Steve. Sorry, nil one. Can you put it down on the yeah. form correctly this time, okay. please? No, one nil. No, nil one. Having, yeah. having moaned like Stink and me and Clayton talking each other down to <laughs> negativity, I'm going to say Fulham, nil, Chelsea, three. There you have it. Uh, we're, oh. <laughs> I've done it again. Cheers, <laughs> nearly stacked it. That's that. We're done. It's your uh, Chelsea fan cast on Love Sport. <laughs> this is Love Sport. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.